cute mug. Oh, thanks. We were actually just talking in my house about this. This is my second least favorite mug. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Why is that? Um, I don't know. It's the weird shape. It's not very big. It doesn't hold much tea. Um, it's white. It's not very exciting. And the other reason that it's like, yeah, yeah. See, (laughs) I mean, it's cool, but it's visually pleasing, but functionally lacking. Functionally, yeah, exactly, definitely. You hit the nail on the head. Welcome to the Kinda Okay Podcast, where we talk about things that aren't okay in hopes of making them feel more okay. I'm Sarah Crossley, creator of It's Kinda Okay Comics and the Growing Pain Scene, an independent publication created by rad women and non-binary creatives. I'm here today with Yolanda Lamas, sweet bean, traveler, new experience seeker, social butterfly migrating on the wind at a whim, and generally creative human being. Thanks for being here with me today, Yo. That's okay. I'm excited. I'm glad I'm here. It's nice. We've been trying to connect for a little while now, and it's nice to finally see your face and hear your voice. And I think it's maybe been two years since we've really connected. Yeah, I don't know, actually. Um, When did you move to Canada again? I've totally lost track. We moved, oh yeah, because we were in Snowdonia, so it would have been about a year and a half ago. Yeah, yeah, that was the beginning of 2019, wasn't it? Yeah. God. I feel like it was so long ago, but also that feels like it was also like a couple of months ago as well. I just yeah. don't know what the time at the moment. It's crazy. It just doesn't exist. It's a concept. It, it's fluid. <laughs> There's no yeah. pinning it down, I find, in my brain lately. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good way of looking at it. Firstly, something I really want to be conscious of in my daily life and that I'm starting to implement, especially into the podcast, where it's like this big platform of, you know, connecting and sharing. What are your pronouns? Oh, this is actually um, an interesting topic at the moment. Um, I'm on a journey with it, I think, at the moment. So at the moment, my pronouns would be she, her, but it's something I'm giving more thought to at the moment. And I've not come to a conclusion yet. Um, It's, yeah, I'm giving it more thought, but to give you an answer today, currently she, her. Gotcha. Cool. We can always check back in at a later date as well and see how you're feeling with that too. What's kind of okay for you today? Um, today I would say my walk in the rain um yeah so I I finished work and I 
was gonna cycle home but it was just one of those like moody winter evenings where there was loads of rain and I wanted to listen to some music moody folk music and that was good that was kind of okay for me my walk home kind of okay because it was enjoyable but I also got soaking wet and was freezing cold when I came back to the house I also had the most ridiculous blisters on my feet as well I got in and took my shoes off and I was like where my shoes were rubbing but then I took my shoes off and I was like oh wow my feet are really fucked (laughs) oh that sounds really horrible (laughs) yeah (laughs) not that people want to hear about my feet on the podcast but there's a nice little nugget of information for everyone (laughs) a little a little seed a little seedling Um, the UK having gone into another like lockdown situation how are you finding existence at the moment um existence is slow I feel but simultaneously really fast um it's been hard I think not being able to connect with people um or finding new ways to connect with people over zoom or you know like whatever video chat you might want to do um yeah it's been the lack of connection has been difficult like face-to-face interaction but then I was thinking about this the other day and I do I feel like this year has also opened up um re-establishing connections with people as well because obviously you have people in your life that you see regularly and you connect with face-to-face um but you tend to forget about the people that you don't see face-to-face because of distance or whatever um but now people are looking at new ways of connecting it means that I've connect like reconnected or spent more time like chatting to people that I don't get to see as often like you for example (laughs) that's really nice so like kind of gives you a different perspective on um you know like where where your energy needs to go also yeah yeah definitely um because I feel like I've had, you know, there's a lot of conversations at the moment going around about people missing loved ones um, and that really impacting people's mental health. And I definitely felt like that for a while, uh, especially because I came back. I was in Australia um, when the pandemic hit. So I had not seen my loved ones for so long. And then to come back to the country where most of my loved ones are and then not being able to see them still was really hard. um so yeah I tried to reframe it in my mind and actually reframe it as you know even though I might not see people face to face um I can still connect with them and yeah and like people have been who I who weren't in my life so much have been more in my life like my uni friends we would see each other two or three times a year maybe and now we were doing the cool like once a week and like catching up on each other's lives so that was really really nice and really cool I liked that a lot yeah I feel like as a person like you tend to be that connector of people like that's what you feed off of and so to be able to still do that in different ways is a really positive thing I think I think we like we're always going to adapt we're always going to find ways to do the things that make us feel whole it just might Mm. look a little different than we thought it would I guess yeah yeah definitely um, do you mind like reflecting on a little bit of your experience in the past month in terms of COVID? Oh yeah, well, so I actually got COVID in the last month. Um, 
so that was an interesting time um luckily I wasn't actually that ill um it was weird I I feel like I had that really British mentality of it just won't affect me like I'm not gonna get COVID um I don't know why like I don't know if you've felt like that at all but it just seemed to be this thing that was happening and I was aware it was happening but I was like this is never actually really going to impact me and then I got it <clears throat> and you can probably tell like I'm still coughing quite a lot um it yeah it took the wind out of me for sure but I'm really grateful that I wasn't as ill as you can get um I'm just tired just very tired <laughs> yeah and what was the process like? Just, I'm just curious. You're the only person that I know who's actually experienced yeah. having it. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, I was, I just moved to a new city and started a new job. So I was pretty tired anyway. Um, and I started to develop this cough and that had been for a few weeks. And I actually had a test like a a while ago and it came back negative because I was I developed this cough and it, yeah it was it wasn't COVID um mm-hmm. but then me and my housemates one of my housemates friends is in a band and as things were seeming to look a bit better and we were all aware that you know like we'd not really done much this year my friend's band my housemate's friend's band put a gig on and we were like we'll go to the gig and it was meant to be one of these like socially distance like COVID safe gigs where everyone kind of sits down and you're not allowed to dance or whatever um so we went to that and then that weekend that was on a Thursday and that weekend we all felt awful um and then got tested the next week on Tuesday and we all had COVID and loads of people we know that were also at the gig also tested positive so we think it was maybe like a super spreader situation at this gig which is annoying because I've been quite cautious with COVID and I'm not really like going out and seeing many people. Um, and it was this one kind of like opportunity to just let off some steam and try and like do something that felt a little bit normal. And then I got COVID as a result of it. So that kind of sucked a bit. Um, but yeah, the the whole like kind of process of it, it was pretty straightforward. I then had to isolate for 10 days, I think it was after that point, uh, which was pretty sucky because not, you know, even like an hour walk or like half an hour um, makes such a difference. I remember there was like one night when we, me and my housemates had to put the recycling out and we were all meant to be isolating, but we had so much recycling. We were like, we have to get rid of this. We have to put it out. So we waited until like 11 p.m. when everyone would be out and, you know, the streets wouldn't be busy. And I walked outside the house and I was like giddy with just excitement of being able to leave the house. Like it was so weird. Like we were just so hyperactive being allowed out and like, you know, just like giddy with the excitement of breathing fresh air again. Which is so strange because you take it for granted until you can't have it. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, the outside world. It's amazing. God, yeah, that sounds like a lot. (laughs) yeah 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 that was <laughs> I can just picture you like skipping out of the house <laughs> yeah, yeah honestly I like ran down the road like I ran like 50 meters down the road and back again because I was like I just have to do this like sweet freedom yeah <laughs> I can... definitely get back in um yeah so yeah but it's exci- like I know that obviously getting COVID isn't great and it 
sadly does impact a lot of people in very negative ways. But there is a part of me that's kind of like, in 50 years time, I can say to like, people in my life, like I had COVID, like <laughs> I experienced it when everyone has moved on from it and everyone's like, oh, I remember that time, the whole world like shut down. And yeah, it would be a, an interesting marker in my life, I feel. Um, what's been the biggest lesson for you in the last year? I would say there's probably two. Um, I feel like the biggest lesson that I've been reflecting on recently is learning that letting go is a conscious choice. It's something I've been thinking about a lot. Um, I feel like in the last year and year and a half, I've had quite a lot to let go of. Um, I came out of quite a long-term serious relationship just over a year ago, and that was really hard. That was a really hard process for me. Um, and it stuck around for a long time. And even now, like talking about it, I get upset about it because it was it was really hard. And um, yeah, I like moved countries shortly after it, which on reflection wasn't like the best idea. And it was definitely me just kind of not wanting to process or deal with my emotions and like just trying to run away and escape and have some excitement in my life. Um, and it's only recently that I feel like I fully let go and it was I like remember the moment so clearly I was chatting to my housemates in the kitchen and I was just like making dinner and we were talking about just like moving on from situations and like I was kind of like oh, I just wish that I could just let go of things like you hear all these songs about just like letting go and it seems like I was like waiting and waiting for this to happen and for me to let go and then I kind of was just like surely that's in my control like surely that's something I can choose to do um and I just did and I was like you know it so much time has like passed now and I feel like a completely different person to who I was a year ago and all these things I'm like holding on to and all these ways my life has changed and I'm trying to like hold on to how my life used to be and it was stopping me from like fully being able to experience my life now and like everything that's going on in my life currently because I was constantly like holding on to things that used to be in my life or like things I used to do um yeah and I just made that conscious choice I just thought I don't want to invest my energy in something that is no longer like I want to invest my energy in something that's happening now and what my future might hold so yeah I'd say that's learning to let go and recognizing it is within your power to do so probably the biggest lesson I've learned that's really strong like that's a big big realization to have and to to work through that just through you know like uh your emotions and your mental state and stuff and to come to that conclusion I think organically is got a lot mm. of power to it yeah yeah it feels good thanks <laughs> I appreciate the feedback <laughs> a little, little bit of validation that you're doing yeah. good things for your brain everyone loves a bit of validation <laughs> it's something um, I have to do sometimes when I'm uh feeling anxious when I'm trying to sleep and you know like when you get that mind racing um mm. or I get stuck on like just one specific thing and I'll just be there like trying to sleep and my brain's going and like Femans chatting away and everything and I literally just get to a point where I'm like, 
I can just release this. Like, I'm, I'm forcing myself to be here. Yeah. I think like, as humans, like we're constantly analyzing and we're constantly in a way of like coping and processing. We want to like understand why things happen. And I feel like quite a lot, we sometimes we can like really zone in on something and really try and like understand it and invest all our energy in understanding why we're feeling a certain way or like why something may have happened or why something went wrong and I think it's good to do that like in certain situations I think for healing and processing you do have to do that sometimes but sometimes I just do think there's just some of those things in life where you just have to let it go like you just have to move on from it um you can only invest so much energy into something before it starts being toxic. So yeah, it's good to just accept, I guess, accept and move on sometimes. Are there any toxic behaviors that you've had to actively unlearn in yourself? I honestly feel like there probably are so many. <laughs> um, but yeah, as is for everyone, um, I would say one of the one of like something that's like quite um prevalent when you say when you ask that question to me and I think especially with what's happened this year in terms of like BLM and all the awareness around um all forms of you know discrimination I think recognize it was the first time that I'd ever like fully accepted that I still hold views that are problematic or you know like I I like to think of myself as a very accepting person um it's never nice recognizing that you might still hold some quite problematic views that have been like you know instilled into you because of the society you've grown up in or the like whatever what race you are and um so yeah, I feel like recognize like fully for the first time accepting that actually I have a long way to go with like my learning process. Um I still have so much to learn about it can be really hard. No one likes to, you know, no one likes to accept they have flaws. Um and but I think it's really important you do because no one is perfect and obviously we all operate in a society that's that still holds these very outdated and problematic views. Um, so I think, you know, as, as individuals, we really have to like stop those problematic thoughts in their tracks and question why we hold them and what we can do to unlearn them um, and to, you know, better understand the different oppressions of all the different all different types of people um based on you know race or gender or sexuality so yeah I guess it's a process I'm still not you know I've not I'm still on a journey with it then those behaviors and those problematic views aren't fully unlearned but I am working to unlearn them as I think is important for for everyone to do yeah, I think one of the biggest things in, you know, the Black Lives Matter and just generally recognizing white privilege is like, mm. 
white people have been so defensive for so long yeah that they're like don't point out what's (laughs) what's wrong with us you know um and so yeah so it is a little bit you gotta like totally you gotta take the ego part of it and Mm. go back to like being that beginner and just being like okay everything that I thought that I knew is you know or like the way that the world has constructed my views Mm. in ways that like we don't even are really nuanced and like that you don't even notice have impacted how you move through the world and you go Mm. all the way back to being the beginner and just be like I need to learn everything from scratch and start with you know the appropriate history yeah (laughs) Yeah. you know um and build that empathy and that understanding and something I've really liked through you know everything that's been shared has just been like well we might never fully unlearn it it will take an entire lifetime the the issue is we're still operating in in a society that you know like where systemic racism is still like super prevalent and yeah you can un as an individual you can invest all that time into unlearning everything you thought you knew and and learning um like you say learning the appropriate history and and things but at the end of the day like (laughs) if you spend your whole life doing that you will then eventually die and we will still be living in this society that like like benefits white people massively and it's like it's so frustrating because it's like how do we stop that like yes we can do this work on an individual basis but how do we as a collective like stop that systemic racism like you know like how are we actually gonna like stop this so that it doesn't continue for like tens or hundreds of years as it has done for so long it's tough (laughs) it's really tough yeah how do you transform that into you know actions and active um like active anti-racism rather than just you know unlearning just a little reminder in here that while the holidays are gonna look a little bit different a little bit weird this year and we're gonna be in small groups and people are doing a lot of gift giving from afar just keep in mind that something that's really powerful in this time is to shop local to keep it small to buy from independent businesses instead of the huge conglomerates this is a a little bit of an opportunity to see how we can operate without such a capitalist christmas if christmas is something you celebrate Also a reminder that it can be really powerful if you choose to buy from Black and Indigenous creators during this time. Supporting our community starts from within. And that means also looking into food donations, donations in general, and different support systems for people at the holidays right now. Take care of all those beans, because they're what keep the big love going round. Okay, back to the podcast. Um, you've bounced around a little bit on this planet to just <laughs> change our topics a little bit. Can you tell me about your adventures? Yeah, what do you want to know? I don't know, where you've been, what you've done, what's been your favorite? Um, so I spent quite a long time in Southeast Asia, um, 
just doing personal travel um which I really loved I really like Southeast Asia it's very cool I really like uh particularly Vietnam the just like Hanoi is just the, this crazy like bustling city um, there's a lot going on and the food is incredible I honestly think that most of my like everyone goes traveling and they say it's so cheap because they get to buy really like good cheap food but when I was traveling around Southeast Asia I was fully vegan um and I was just like trying all these crazy like vegan restaurants that were like maybe a bit more expensive is where all my money went um but I think food is a really important part of experiencing different cultures so I wasn't mad about spending all my money on food but yeah Vietnam was very cool I liked it a lot um other than that I don't know yeah I just there's so many places I feel like I've really not been to that many places like there's so many places I still really want to go to um I think something I've come to realize more though recently is I thought when I was maybe a couple of years younger I wanted to try and live out this like quite nomadic lifestyle where I didn't really have a base or because I, I just love like I think I mentioned earlier like I love experiencing new places and meeting just like weird and wonderful people from all around the world and I thought that meant that the kind of lifestyle I wanted to lead was one where I was very fluid and yeah like constantly on the move and traveling and trying to like soak up as much of the world as possible but I think it was when I moved to Australia and I moved at a time when I was already feeling quite lonely before I moved and then I completely alienated myself when I was in Australia from like just in that simple act of moving to you know the other side of the world I alienated myself from my like loved ones in the UK and it was really tough like I always thought that yeah like I could just adapt to like a new culture or you know like um just get on with it and just to like just like fit in and and not be I never really thought I was someone that could get that homesick and I was so homesick when I was in Australia and yeah it made me realize that I think moving forward like I still want to travel loads um but I want to do it for shorter periods I think not longer periods and I want to have like a home and a base to come back to because I think that stability is really important too sometimes um that kind of went on a tangent a bit but <laughs> no but that's a nice realization to have that like roots are actually something that's really important um and to to honor that you know yeah yeah definitely and I think I've realized as well there's so much of the UK that I've just not seen or experienced like there's so many beautiful places in the UK to visit and I've always been like you know to get that like sense of adventure or um yeah just that excitement I have to be going to these like foreign places that are that are completely new to me and um challenging but it's made me you know like miss out all the amazing things there are to, you know that the UK has to offer which works out quite well because you can't really travel anywhere at the moment anyway so yeah um gonna try and plan more UK based trips for the foreseeable I think you just synced up with the rest of the world you know and the rest of the yeah. universe is just like 
slapping everybody like explore your own backyard yeah, yeah. it's probably yeah I mean it's good like we could probably do without all the plane journeys um I think that's something I've also been more conscious of recently is my like carbon footprint's probably terrible because I've taken so many flights in my life and it's a bit of a it's a bit of a yeah a moral dilemma for me at the moment like I want to travel but then it's quite like I don't know like is it selfish of me to travel to new places and to get all these flights because that's purely for my like personal enjoyment when doing that is so like detrimental to the environment and that sounds like quite an extreme thing um but the world is dying <laughs> like it's really bad at the moment and yeah like I feel like I have a responsibility as an individual to like minimize my impact as much as possible but then on the flip side like I'm a human and I want to experience the world and like I want to be able like globalization is, is a really cool thing and I want to be able to connect with people all around the world but yeah trying to find that balance um between the two maybe I'll just plant more like loads of trees try and offset my carbon footprint but <laughs> easier said than yeah it's hard work planting trees <laughs> you have yeah. to plan a lot I think the nice yeah, thing yeah. about being in Europe I think is that trains go everywhere yeah exactly that's one of the hardest things about um I mean like there's so much to explore where we are but you have to drive a lot um to get anywhere um or you have to take a plane to get across the country or there just there just isn't that kind of like connected transit yeah I think is yeah you know, definitely a huge benefit to yeah. to being across the Atlantic um, yeah yeah it's crazy I have obviously like my whole life I've been in the UK and then I went to Australia and similarly to Canada Australia is just fucking huge <laughs> and I just like I have never experienced like driving for an hour before and just not like the scenery not really changing very much like in the UK like an hour gets you quite far and the whole time I was in Australia I never left Victoria because it's just so damn big um it was weird yeah it was really strange to experience that like I just can't comprehend how how big like Canada is and how big Australia is even now I just can't comprehend like how massive the countries are in order to get from where I grew up even to the next province going west so you're just driving across one province just little Ontario and it takes over 24 hours just to get to Manitoba that's crazy I'm driving which is just like that's just so it's just so yeah. big yeah uh, so big like 24 hours like continuous like would that be if you were to drive non-stop as well yeah damn that's a lot of driving right so yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it takes up a big chunk that's for sure yeah I think like and again that comes into like how do we change how we connect with people how we connect with new places um because yeah like there's still so many places in the world that I want to see but and it, it's tricky when you get hand in hand like I've always kind of justified like when we went down to Nicaragua, like I can justify that flight in my brain because we were going for a month, like yeah. rather than 
you know, I think one time in the UK, like Tom ended up having five days off work and we like flew to Barcelona on a whim. Really? Um, So my consciousness has definitely changed around that too. So I kind of justify it by like, going to go for like a good length of time. Yeah. Long enough that, you know, I'm not hopping all over the place. Yeah. But then that's tricky when it comes to like, that connection to home and like those kinds of roots and stuff like that. So yeah, it's all a bit of a balancing act. I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah, it's important to try and get like public transport where you can, like as horrible as the 24 hour horrific coach journeys in Southeast Asia were like, it was better than getting a flight that would take a couple of hours. Um, and also, yeah, you got to see more of the country as well. I love a long coach journey, to be honest. They are, they are a bit sucky at times, um, but they're nice. Like, you can just chill, put some music in, feel the scenery. There's something about that transition that's really nice, too. Like, when you take a flight, like, you just arrive somewhere and you're a little bit, like, stunned because you yeah. haven't taken the journey to to, to really get yeah. there and to arrive. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like that bit. Sometimes it's nice just to like land in this super like foreign place that feels very alien to you and it's so different to what you're used to. And like, you know that, I don't know, do you ever get that? Especially if you land in a hot country and you just step off the plane and you get that like warm breeze and like the air smells like sweet. I absolutely love that. I love like, yeah, just like walking out into a new place and everything smells different and it's like you get that like excitement and yeah I like that that is a nice feeling Mm. has your identity shifted at all with your travels yeah maybe um I guess it's hard to tell because I feel like I've traveled I don't know if it's necessarily because of traveling or just time passing like I think as you get older your identity shifts quite a lot anyway particularly I've done like a lot of my traveling over like really like formative years of my life I feel like you know kind of a late teenager to mid-20s you go that's such a transitional period period anyway um yeah I think it's let me traveling has like led me to meet people from all different like walks of life and um, all different experiences and so I think that has probably led led me to have a bit of an identity shift um yeah yeah and just like what I take for granted or what I value in life um it's all been really important to just like questioning like who I am as a human being and like my experience like on this planet um in comparison to other people and like how their experience has like shaped them as human beings yeah I like that you say like almost shift your values or give you new values or make you aware of the values that you didn't know that you held what are your biggest stressors in life currently or just just I mean let's say like what stresses you out in normal air quotations normal existence um not feeling in control I have a bit of an issue with needing to be in control of things 
<laughs> it's something I'm trying to work on definitely um yeah I don't like feeling it's weird because like I'm a very spontaneous person like I I like you know spontaneity I like adventure and stuff and and that I don't mind not having control over but I think particularly like work related I've actually like started a new job recently and it's not going so well sadly it's just a lot it's very intense very high workload and I feel like so out of control with that like I don't you know I like my workload is so high and so intense that I just feel like I will never ever be on top of it and it makes doing the job hard because I get like paralyzed and it makes it worse um like I want to do a good job but then when I feel out of control of something I don't know how to get like in control of it so then I feel paralyzed and I get like further like out it like becomes like more unattainable to control it so yeah I'd say that's that's a real stressor um for me yeah you end up kind of burying yourself and then not knowing how to get out yeah yeah definitely um and I feel like it makes me lose sight of like self-care as well and all of that goes out the window and I'm like brass like you know like trying to really like get on top of my work and then it just like completely encompasses my life that's something is really stressing me out at the moment actually I just feel like I have no work-life balance and I think like COVID has a part to play with that because obviously there's not much you can be doing but even stuff I could be doing at home like that I know I really enjoy like knitting or art or reading or going on walks like I'm just not doing any of that at the moment because all my like mental capacity is just being like absorbed by my job um which is a shame (laughs) because I would like to be doing more nice stuff it's a funny cycle I think that we tend to find ourselves in where you're like you're so exhausted from work that you don't have the energy to do other things but then if you did the other things it would give you more energy and make you feel a little bit more balanced with work and so yeah you know uh yeah it's really difficult especially when you're feeling pretty run down and tired to be Mm -hmm. like no like I need to do something that isn't just work eat sleep yeah yeah. otherwise like all the days blend together and everything feels more heavy and overwhelming and it's so hard sometimes to just be like I'm gonna just sit down and draw for 15 minutes and it's gonna take you know no energy and it's just gonna be lazy lazy it doesn't have to be anything but it's gonna you know make you feel like you did something other than dedicating your life to a job yeah yeah which I definitely feel like I'm doing at the moment but I'm gonna try I think it's like nice you just saying that you know like even just 15 minutes um because that's all it can take sometimes like 15 minutes just to do a bit of drawing and then that would make you feel so much better but the way I see it is like I have to dedicate you know if I want to do art I have to dedicate like half my day to it or something um or like dedicate a like big portion of time because I'm just quite a slow person anyway like I do things very slowly very in my own time and like even my art takes me a long time to do something that I'm like 
to to like kind of achieve something I'm happy with um but yeah I'm gonna take on that advice I'm gonna just start doing like 15 minutes and just draw like even if it's something very small just do some art now and again I'm gonna that's I'm gonna set that as a challenge for myself this week nice oh that makes me really happy (laughs) yeah yeah and I think like however you can make that accessible for yourself too, like make it really easy like whether that's having you know like a a sketchbook or that's got like a pen that you clip to the sketchbook so it's just always there like you don't need to clear a desk you don't need you can sit in bed if you want and do it you know like however you can make it easy for yourself because that's that's a version of self-care I would say especially like you know for for creative individuals is like making it really easy for yourself to to do the things that make you feel whole Mm. like a whole person not just a robot (laughs) Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, I guess that leads into like, how do you de-stress and how do you protect your energy? Um, getting out into nature. <laughs> I feel like that's such a such a cliche, isn't it? Everyone's just like, I just feel so at whole, like one when I'm in nature. But no, I think that it's very true for me. Um, just being able to breathe fresh air or like smelling damp leaves or like touching like bark I don't know like there's just something about if I'm super super stressed if I just go on a walk and the leaves are all pretty and it's like like that frost you know like frosty cold mornings like when it's super sunny but it's cold so you're like all wrapped up warm and cozy but everything is like beautiful um yeah that that really like de-stresses me and um, and baths I love baths baths are great I feel like when I kind of like stress overloaded with stress my like favorite thing to do is to have a bath and then moisturize my whole body like head to toe like even my feet like moisturize everything and then I feel good <laughs> that's like <laughs> my way of coping just having soft feet <laughs> See your feet, we're going to be important in the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, something about rehydrating your whole body. <laughs> yeah. Like... And then you get into your like bed sheets. Oh, it's like even better if you've just washed your bed sheets as well and you have a bath, moisturize your whole body and then get into clean sheets and then everything is okay with the world. Like it's, there is no better feeling. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Like if I were to make a handy book for, you know, like someone like my nephew who's six, like for when he gets older, like things that you never thought would be important as yeah. an adult, but are important. And it's like, have a second set of sheets for your bed so that yeah. you don't put them in the wash and then have to wait for them to dry to put them back yeah. on your bed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very true all these things we just don't get taught in school like have two pairs of bed sheets (laughs) yeah clean sheets self-care take care of your (laughs) hydrate your body so you can absorb good vibes (laughs) yeah and you smell nice too (laughs) do you have any strong boundaries with partners or with friends I would say probably not no this is something again I'm really working on at the moment um something I've realized because I like I think that I don't know this this year I've like seen more just on social media and like chatting to friends and people seem to be 
like there's a conversation about setting boundaries like more so than I feel like there has been in previous years maybe it's just something that I'm experiencing more but um I think people are becoming more aware that it's okay to like set boundaries and to stick to them and to tell people when you know they're not respecting their boundaries it's something I'm not very good at um I'm such a people pleaser like I'm still yeah I don't really know why but I am I'm such a people pleaser I don't like inconveniencing anyone and I feel like that makes it hard for me to set boundaries because I don't want to let anyone down but I'm trying to do that more um and just being okay with like setting a boundary and telling people when they may have crossed it or like commun- at least communicating when they may have crossed crossed the boundary um but I'm still really not sure what my boundaries are something I'm yeah thinking about yeah I mean it's one of those things that like again we're not taught and we have to like learn and I'm glad that the I feel like yeah the information like the conversation about boundaries has definitely become a more a more popular one for sure because people are having to learn what they are like I always thought that boundaries were like walls like walls that people put up and you know like at some point they let them down and you know that's how intimacy works or something like that and I think like learning that oh no like boundaries are things you know they can be flexible but Mm. you know they they are the things that I guess in in like kind of a shitty way or like the make or break kind of you know like actually that crosses you know things that I value like my energy like how I protect myself like all of those things and even just identifying them it's Mm. really hard yeah (laughs) yeah it is really hard and you like I don't know I kind of feel like you don't you don't recognize like what's a boundary for you until it's too late sometimes as well like yeah and then you're like oh okay yeah so that yeah I'm not cool with that that's not okay like but at least you know you learn and for the next time you can set that boundary before it is too late yeah I guess that's how we figure them out right like yeah I I definitely resonate with that like every time I've had to discover a boundary it's because like someone's done something or said something or been a certain way and I've just been like oh, like, that's not okay for me. And that like, feels not good. And then to like, have the consciousness to be like, why doesn't that feel good? Is it because I feel this way, that way? Or, you know, like, they've, um, you know, just overstepped in some form or fashion. Yeah. And that can be through expectations, or, you know, whatever, whatever the boundary is. <laughs> yeah, it takes a, it takes someone breaking it for you to be like, oh, yeah, that, that needs to not happen. anymore. Yeah. Uh, and I think like, setting clear boundaries takes really good communication as well. Um, there's almost like, so many stages to it, isn't there? Like you, you identify a boundary, and then you have to then communicate that with someone. And that is so hard. Um because you have to like I don't know I don't know if you find this but you have I feel like if I'm going to communicate that to someone I have to be like sure of like why that's a boundary for me or I don't know like I almost have to kind of like fully understand it um maybe I'm too analytical <laughs> I'm quite an analytical person um but yeah 
Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Like, where does that come from also? Like, why do we feel that we have to justify where our boundaries lay, right? Um, yeah. Because, yeah, at some point you should be able to say, like, hey, like, that's not okay with me. Yeah. And it can be something yeah. as simple as, like, you know, in, in everyday life, like, uh, let's say, like, if you if you're not a huggy person and you're, like, you know, and you've got this, like, one friend who always goes in for a hug and it's it's so difficult because we kind of work ourselves up too. We're like, oh, this has to be like a big conversation and it's going to be a whole thing and it's going to be yeah. get convoluted and they're going to be offended. And then, you know, we, we get into scenario land and we picture all the ways that it could possibly go wrong. And all it takes is like someone going for the hug and you being like, actually, like, I'm not really that into hugs. Yeah. yeah. And like, <laughs> simple thing like and like more often than like no one's gonna turn around well you'd hope no one would turn around and be like actually no well I'm a hugger so I'm gonna hug you like you know no one's gonna do that like people would just be like oh okay fair she's not a hugger that's fine <laughs> yeah and then it, it doesn't have to be this like, yeah like you say this super intense conversation that we always build up to be and I mean, sometimes it does have to be because sometimes they're more in depth than that. Sometimes, you know, it is, um, you know, a little bit emotionally connected. But at the same time, like, I don't think that we ever have to really justify ourselves um, in in where those boundaries lay. And I think that that's kind of uh, something that we've been taught that we should probably unlearn. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, what's your support network like? Do you have strong friendships with other women and non-binary beings? That's women with an X. Yeah, um, yeah. I would say my support network is good. Um, I feel like when I was in Australia, it wasn't great, just because it's something I've like worked. I'm like working to get better at because I have like some absolute phenomenal people in my life especially women I have like great great female friends and women friends the next um and yeah I feel like I don't take them for granted I'm basically really bad at staying in touch with people and that means that I then like that's impacted my support network I'm when I feel like I need support I have learned I feel like I've always learned to just like deal with it on my own like I'm I don't reach out to people very often um when I'm struggling I'm for whatever reason I feel like there's probably some like childhood trauma in there somewhere from my parents <laughs> um isn't that for everyone but yeah um and yeah, I feel like even though I have a great support network, I don't utilize it. I don't like reach out to my support network as much as I should. So I'm trying to do that more. Um, I've just moved into a house for with three other women and I'm really enjoying that. It's so nice just to have like a bit of a sisterhood and life has been quite stressful for me for the last few weeks with work and various different things moving to a new city and it's been so nice just to have this like female energy in the house where I don't know everyone, they're just so supportive they're just such fucking great women and I'm so so grateful for them 
um yeah so that's nice I've not had that for a while I feel that makes me really happy that you got that at the moment because yeah it it does it changes I don't know there's something about and not that it's necessarily a gendered thing but I think that as women growing up like you're taught to by society to you know like not always surround yourself with other women like you have to be the Mm -hmm. one that stands out Um, and so we don't always align ourselves with other women and it feels so good when you go into those spaces and you just start to understand why witches used to gather in the woods away from men yeah yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) and I think as well like you know I feel like the patriarchy has led us to to like view other women as competitors as well in a lot of ways when they're not like you know other women are like women in general are just like phenomenal people and we should like why have we been taught to like constantly be like comparing ourselves to each other and and judging and yeah and competing with each other we don't have to like we can yeah just like support each other that's more important yeah I think it scared the patriarchy so they kept us apart because we'd be so much stronger if we just were there for each other yeah 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 definitely yeah uh well I'm glad that you've got that support network now and that um you know like I I know you've always kind of surround yourself with good beans but it's nice to have some stability in like who you've got around you and who you can turn to especially in person like I know like connecting through FaceTime and stuff is is really good and it's it's all some people have at the moment but at the same Mm. time there's something about being able to turn to people in a very physical sense yeah yeah like sometimes like you know just a hug (laughs) it's so nice I actually like I think like moving into my new house obviously like meeting new people it took us a while to like establish in the house like who's a hugger and who's not a hugger and like I think it was when we all got COVID so me and my housemates we all got COVID at the same time and we were all super low one day and we all just were like sat there drinking tea like feeling really sorry for ourselves and I think like Zoe my housemate was just like does anyone want a hug? And we were all just like, oh my God, yes, I would love a hug. And then we all just hugged each other. <laughs> and it was so nice. I really enjoyed that. Oh, that just makes my heart just so happy for you to like have, just have that at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I've ha- always had such a, I've been like in long-term relationships with men since I was like 19 as well. Like I had, a boyfriend for like a year and then I was only single for three months and then I was in like a relationship for almost four years and I feel this is the first time in my life that I've not just like filled my support network with like a, a partner or particularly a male partner um and that's like has been difficult because I'm it's what I'm used to it's what I'm familiar with but I have to say, I'm loving it. It's like making me, yeah, rely on like friendships more for that support. And um, I'm, yeah, it's just nice. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's so easy to fall into 
the habit of depending on, you know, like a significant other in terms of a partner. Um, so I'm glad that you've found that and that you've got that strength at the moment because it's it's easy to like find somebody to pour yourself into, you know, and then to kind of lose yourself in. And it, I think that it's it's got some strength to it to be able to be like, no, like I got to rely on friends, rely on yourself. And it sounds like you're doing a lot of work on like your yourself in general, you know, like a lot of unpacking and like, yeah, you know, you're saying like, maybe that's childhood trauma. Like, I don't know what it's like <laughs> <laughs> to think about later. <laughs> yeah. And I think like, from what I know of you as a person too, like you've been, you know, quite the caregiver throughout your existence on this earth. Um, so if, to hear that you're being taken care of by the people around you is really, really lovely. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite vegetable? <laughs> I love how it's just gone from like intense question, intense question, intense question to what's your favorite vegetable? <laughs> um oh, well this is a hard this is still a hard question possibly the hardest uh, of them all yeah the thing is is a potato a vegetable a potato is a food group okay oh god I was hoping you would not say that but um I feel like I have can I like have, can I like have different vegetables for different reasons like in terms of can I have my favorite vegetable because it's my favorite one to eat, but then can I have a separate vegetable that's my favorite vegetable because of the way it looks? Yeah, let's say yes. Or is that not allowed? No, yeah, that's okay. Okay, cool. Well, so the in terms of looks, um, I recently signed up to an organic veg box, which makes me feel like I have my life together. Like, you know, when you do something adult like that and you're like, I just subscribed to an organic veg box. My life is definitely not falling apart. Um, yeah. And they sent a Romanesco in the box. If you know what that is. I don't even know what that is. Romanesco is like, those like green, like really weirdly geometric shaped vegetables. They belong to the cauliflower family. Oh, like the pyramid cauliflower. Or yeah. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know they had a name. Yeah, I think they're Italian. I think it was Italian. I don't really know. You might need to oh, it's a broccoli. Check. You what? It's a broccoli. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Cool. But, so yeah, that's my favorite vegetable in terms of looks. But then I feel like in terms of taste. Or like the, the vegetable that I just really enjoy cooking with. Is a courgette. I just really like courgettes. Mm. Yeah, I feel like you can do a lot with them. Nice. I don't think I've ever had anybody answer with courgette. That's a good one. Really? <laughs> I yeah. feel I just very versatile. And like, yeah, I don't know. Just fry them with a little bit of butter and lemon juice, and they're amazing. Mm, that sounds really good right now. <laughs> What's your favorite vegetable? I'm intrigued. Well, that's interesting. And my answer is actually very similar in that um, my favorite 
vegetable to look at is a beetroot with like okay. leaves still on it. Um, yeah. And then my favorite vegetable to eat is a butternut squash. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see that. I do like a butternut squash. I find them a bit sweet though sometimes. Yeah, it can be, but I like that. Uh, see, I'm the opposite. I'm not, I like a, not really a sweet vegetable fan. But yeah, butternut squash is a good answer. Yeah, it's a good one. And I also just like, like, you get a lot of squash when you get a butternut squash. Yeah, that's true, but it's so annoying to peel. Do you not find? Oh, no, I don't peel it. I cut it. I cut the skin off. Like, uh, with a knife. Yeah. yeah. Way easier than peeling. I think I peeled one once, and I was like, this took <laughs> the amount of squash that you waste, like, when you yeah. cut it. Fine. Because there's loads there. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> oh, oh, poor bean. I know. I just don't, I can't tell if I have like, to be honest, I'm just tired anyway. So I can't tell if I still have like COVID symptoms or if I'm just tired. Um, I definitely still have a bit of a cough though. Mm. It sounds like your immune system was maybe a little weak. And then um, on top of that with like a massive gathering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just yeah. so annoying that it was like the one time you were like, I will allow myself this one thing. And yeah. then <laughs> the world was just like, slap stay in your house <laughs> yeah, yeah and I'm actually like I'm having to go in the office every day as well so I'm not even working from home at the moment so I'm constantly out of the house and yeah I've been really safe with because I've no I know I have to go into the office every day I've been really safe with it and yeah I mean it's kind of my own fault I feel like I shouldn't have gone to a gig in the middle of a pandemic but I just thought it would be fine <laughs> and it wasn't. It's kind of a nice reminder to talk about because I think everybody's sort of feeling, you know, like oh, so sick of it. Like literally, and like for all the people who maybe don't have family members who have got it or don't have high risk people, like especially like a lot of younger people and especially in the States also, mm. um, you know, people are just like, I'm over it. Like, let's just carry on as if you know it's not an issue when actually that's making it more of an issue <laughs> yeah yeah and it's so tough though I think like COVID fatigue is a real thing like people are just getting tired of lockdown and stuff and having to isolate and I, I understand it like I understand why people are breaking the rules and personally like you know I think you shouldn't like well I don't want to anyway I want to try and adhere to the rules as much as possible and make sure that I'm keeping people safe and I'm keeping myself safe um but I do understand why why it's so hard for so many people and I think it's just the not knowing as well like there's no you know if if, if we like could be told like okay so like in a year's time like everything will go back to normal then I think people would be more willing to you know put the effort in now but because we just don't know how long this will last um yeah everyone it's just it's hard to stick to the rules when you feel like it could go on forever and you everyone's a bit sick of it yeah yeah definitely yeah. it's it's got its own challenges mm. I think it's actually really helped in the conversation around boundaries because I've had to constantly be checking in with friends and family of like 
Yeah. How they're doing mentally, how they're doing emotionally, where we sit physically, like where everybody's comfortability lies. Like, are you okay to go for a walk, but you don't want to come in the house, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So that's been really interesting. And maybe that's why the conversation about boundaries has become so much more. Everybody's got to check in with each other and just be like, what are you okay with? Yeah. It's really hard to navigate, isn't it? My, um, there was my mum actually had an experience with her neighbor where, so my mum lives very remotely in Northumberland and she also suffers from quite severe mental health problems. And there was, when first the first lockdown happened there was an evening where she was really struggling and I think it was like the weekend that lockdown had just been announced when they were like no you know you have to stay in your house like no one from another household can come into your house and she lives on her own and she was really struggling so she called a friend to come not even necessarily to come around but just for support and he was like no I'm good you know I'm gonna come like you can't be on your own right now and my mum's neighbour um, ended up like having a massive go at my mum like the next day and like was really horrible to her like swearing at her and telling her she was selfish because she'd let someone come round to her house in the middle of a pandemic and blah 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 and yeah it's that I think like that that happening has like made me be more conscious about everyone's individual circumstances as well like some people can't isolate you know some people do need that support and they need a support network and if they live on their own especially like I do feel like with COVID it's, it became quite like a judge like a judgment quite quickly if you were breaking any of the rules and people were very quick to like call people out for you know not following the rules when everyone you just need to have a little bit of empathy and try and understand it from everyone's point of view um as best as you can yeah a little bit of kindness and compassion goes a long way because yeah like you said like everybody's got different circumstances and and different capabilities and and different needs um Mm. I'm glad that like you like your mom had someone that she could call yeah because I think a lot of people are struggling in that way and they maybe don't necessarily have somebody um and yeah it's been really hard I think especially for anybody who isn't you know like super techie or who even just struggles in the first place to spend time by themselves you know it's it's a lot to take on yeah my granddad and is absolutely loving life since lockdown so his, <laughs> he literally so he has a girlfriend and his girlfriend moved in with him at the beginning of the first lockdown and my granddad has wanted this for so long and like Noel's always been like no I'm like I'm an independent woman I don't need to like live with you I can live on my own I've lived on my own this long blah 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 and then when lockdown happened, she was like, oh, maybe we should just move in together because then we have each other for support. And yeah, he's just, he's loving it. Absolutely loving life. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It's funny to hear how it like doesn't work for some people, but it does work for others. <laughs> you know, yeah. those little silver linings. Is there anything still lingering with you about any of the topics that we've talked about today? Anything you want to touch on or go back to? no I don't think so um 
yeah I, I don't know I'm like curious about all of your answers to the questions but I feel like that's probably not the point of the podcast <laughs> I feel like one of these days like I need to do an episode where I reverse the roles and yeah I, that's I get that a lot at the end of interviews where people are like but I want to know what you, what your answers are so maybe one of these days I'll do a do a reversal and get somebody to ask me the big questions I mean, I try and reflect on like as we're going, but I also don't want to take over the conversation because it's an interview with you. Yeah, no, I don't think so. It's been really, I feel like I've just had like a therapy session. It's great. <laughs> I should do this often. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a nice little like check-in with friends, like to ask some of the big questions to kind of, I don't know. Yeah, it makes you reflect in a different way. They're the kind of conversations I love having in person. So yeah, it's kind of just nice to have like a little prompt list and be like, you know, instead yeah. of bombarding you at a party or at a gig with like, yeah. what's your favorite vegetable? <laughs> we have time to discuss. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's made me realize that I've really not been giving much thought to these questions recently, though. Um I just feel a bit burnt out, man. I'm not going to lie. Like, <laughs> I'm tired. I'm so tired. Um, but I, I need to make the time to give these questions more thought, I think. I think it's, it would be healthy to do that. And it's something I'm going to do. <laughs> I'll hold you to that. <laughs> yeah. You'll, like, message me in a couple of weeks and I'll just be like, nah. I just still work all the time. That's all I do. I don't think about anything else other than processing donations or like recording a complaint on the database. Also, that's how boring my job is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think showing yourself a little bit of that same kindness and compassion and, you know, like how do you give yourself back energy when you're feeling burnt out, you know? Yeah, definitely. Well, this evening I'm going to have a bath nice sweet um that kind of leads into and um this is going to come out on monday i think so i'm starting something for december that i think that you're really gonna like um and it's a little bit of a version of i don't know if you followed along with like inktober or anything like that where there's basically like a monthly prompt list and they give you mm-hmm. like a prompt for something to draw every day. Yeah. Well, I notoriously get overwhelmed by <laughs> the responsibility of having to draw something every day. And I get to like day 12 and then I'm like, I, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> so I had a really good idea because the holidays are going to be weird. December is going to be a weird month. Um, I think it's going to be really hard on a lot of people. And I just want to make sure that like everybody in my circle and their circles and the external circles are taking extra care of themselves and extra time to celebrate themselves and be really kind with their beings. So Mm -hmm. I'm doing what I'm calling softness, a 31 day prompt list, um, that'll come out like every day on Instagram. And it's just like a nice little self-care thing to do oh I love it so yeah. just a little reminder like hey like go drink a glass of water nice yeah I like that a lot. I'm gonna do it okay good and I'm just like I'm so looking forward to people just sharing like photos or stories or whatever of them 
just like drinking a glass of water or making a cup of tea (laughs) or like looking out the window for 30 seconds and just breathing yeah (laughs) it's crazy though like it's all these things that we just don't do that are so easy to do like just drink some fucking water (laughs) it's so simple and you'll feel so much better for it the amount of times I'm at work and I'm so thirsty but I'm like I still have so much to do I can't possibly drink a glass of water or like needing to wee and I'm just like I've needed to wee for five hours but I've still not weed like why do we do this to ourselves it's crazy yeah so it'll just be a little prompt list to take care of yourself throughout December nice I'm excited I'm stoked on it I just can't wait (laughs) that's nice a nice little drop into the podcast too for uh all the other listeners to go and check out on Instagram (laughs) and where can people find your art I feel like my art page is super lacking at the moment but um if you follow Moonface and me so like Moonface and me that's meant to be my art page but I'm gonna I feel like I'm gonna revamp it a bit more I want to start doing I wanted to do this for years and I want to do I want to try and like refine what it is I produce a bit more because my art's very like I have a style for sure but sometimes it changes a lot and I actually started doing pet commissions over lockdown nice <laughs> yeah I was like this is so not like me at all I've never drawn pets before but okay <laughs> I'll start drawing animals um so I've actually like yeah I've got a couple of commissions to do for those which is nice but I don't really I'm coming to the conclusion that I don't really enjoy painting anymore very much. I like, I find it a bit tedious. I don't really like sitting and drawing. I want to do something that's more tactile. Like I want to make something I can use. Um, I actually wanted to talk to you because you started doing pottery, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. I love pottery. I, I want to do pottery. I really want to start doing some pottery. Um are you enjoying it? How did you get into it? Had you done it before? or I'd done a little bit of hand building before. So like just like rolling out clay and like not sculpting, but like. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. What yeah, you mean. just like but slapping it together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I took a course in university um, and yeah, I couldn't get a hang of the wheel then. And then I tried to do the wheel like a couple times after that. And I just got super discouraged because it's really hard to just get it in the middle and to just like feel what the clay is doing. Um, And so I finally like that was my big kind of self-care thing and like almost birthday present for myself was just like, I'm just going to get myself this course so I can actually learn how to get it in the middle. And if all I do is make a mess, that's fine. Yeah, (laughs) Just had to go into it with like no expectations of myself. And just yeah. do it to have fun, like instead of doing it to make money or to share or whatever. Just like I just yeah. like to go and get messy and play with a different medium that I don't usually use. And yeah. so that's been really cool because you can draw on pots after you fit. Yeah. So you can kind of combine things together. Painting on them would probably be really fun too. Um mm. But yeah, it's a nice way to break out of, you know, traditional mediums. And if if you're, you know, in like lockdown at the moment, if classes are things that aren't happening or anything like that, 
Um, even just ordering some like air dry clay or like yeah. oven clay or something like that. Just anything that gets you like working with your hands and playing yeah. around a little bit could be could be really nice. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, because I want to basically I want to invest my time into doing something like that that I can then potentially make some money on the side from. Like I have a few ideas. I don't know if necessarily pottery would be the thing. Um, I'm really enjoying knitting at the moment. So I have this idea to knit mittens and try and like sell some mittens on Etsy or somewhere. And nice. I have, my early idea is to like release some like, like a special range of mittens for Valentine's Day and call them smittens. And that's Perfect. literally all I have. <laughs> yeah. It's a good place to start. That's all you need to get going. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I might do so I might make some mittens this weekend actually yeah there you go ah that's so nice I can't wait to see like all that you are creating yeah I just need to do it more need more self-discipline and do it yeah and also just knowing that like when you take care of yourself and your creativity in those ways it's only going to give you more energy and feed you and make you feel better you know yeah yeah definitely even if you only knit for 15 minutes (laughs) yeah and then you know after like a week of 15 minutes you might have a whole mitten so it's worth it definitely (laughs) well that feels like a really nice place to end off I just want to thank you so much for sharing and for being open and discussing and getting into some big conversations that you know, um, we don't always have with ourselves. That's okay. You're welcome. And thank you for inviting me on. It's been so nice. I've really enjoyed it. Oh, me too. So because I got caught up in everything to do with creating softness, this podcast is late and it's now day four, but, um, it's going on on Instagram at it's kind of okay. Um, regularly on TikTok because I'm still figuring out how to use that platform and remind myself to do it but yeah so softness is currently happening every participation post that tags it's kind of okay and hashtag softness counts as an entry into a giveaway at the end of the month so it's a little bit more incentive to just take care of yourself share that you're taking care of yourself so other people feel like taking care of themselves and it's just about being soft and being kind and having that kind of self-compassion and just being really gentle with ourselves this month because it's gonna be weird. I'm also looking for interviewees for 2021 so if you are someone or you know someone who would like to have these kinds of big conversations have a little bit of openness vulnerability a little bit of community building we can talk about anything creative or anything from anti-racism smashing the patriarchy intersectional feminism to you know self-care body positivity self-love all of those kinds of things if you're somebody who would like to talk about that or if you know somebody who would um just send me a message at it's kind of okay um because i'd love to keep building this platform and holding this space and yeah it's just nice to keep the conversation going basically
And just know that it helps so much if you rate, review, or even share this episode with one other human being. Um, just because that just helps get the word out. It helps spread this this message of the big love um, and helps people take care of themselves and hold space for themselves and maybe ask themselves the big questions that we're talking about in this podcast. A huge thank you to Yolanda for sharing everything that we shared today and having this conversation. It was so nice to catch up with them. It just fills my heart with joy to be able to hold this space and to, to have these big conversations that we wouldn't get to in a, in a 20 minute um, having a pint at the pump kind of thing. So I'm, I'm really grateful for this platform. I'm grateful it's something that I've you know, worked on building and it's been almost a year of running the podcast. So just fills my heart right up. Thank you so much for listening and stay weird and wonderful until next time.